dangerous prayers, the power of prayer, probably the number one thing that we as Christ followers really just don't grasp is how powerful that we get to go before the creator of the universe and ask him to move on our behalf. Ask him to intercede in our lives. Ask him to get involved in what we're doing. Ask him for us to have enough discernment that we get involved in what he's doing. We had this amazing gift, and yet we take it so lightly. And so what we've been doing over the last month is we've been looking at the power of prayer. Not the power of weak prayers, not the power of recited prayers, not the power of going through the motions with our prayers, but the power of going to the creator of the universe with bold, audacious, dangerous prayers, asking God to literally move in everything around us. Somebody say amen. It's been a fun series. We're wrapping it up today. We're starting a new series next month or next week. I'm super excited about it. I feel recently in my life that there's just been a lot of spiritual attacks. And if anybody knows me, I'm not one of those guys that sees the devil behind every rock and sees the devil behind every bush. I think sometimes crazy things happen in our life just because we do stupid stuff. It's not always the devil. But I do believe the devil is real, and I do believe the devil's looking to destroy the things of God. So next week, we're going to start a new series called Satan Sucks. Because at the end of the day, how do you say anything else about him? He's a liar, a destroyer, a deceiver. The Bible says he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. At the end of the day, Satan sucks. And we're going to be looking at that in the month of November. And that's kind of weird because like normally in November, I try to be a little more encouraging. It's Thanksgiving. Let's be thankful and let's be cheerful. But I believe that God is moving in our midst. I believe God's moving in the personal lives of people. Every week after week after week, God tells me awesome stories. Man, we've been having some great services here, and God's moving. And you can rest assured, any time that God's moving, Satan's lurking. So we need to be aware of that. But we're in the last week of this series called Dangerous Prayers. And here's the deal. I know this sounds like a simple statement that every church would say, but I think it's an important statement. At Action Church, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe this church exists only because it's been covered in prayer. If you were to read a book or go to a conference or talk to someone that is in what they call the church growth field, we have broken every rule that they say to do. We moved to the poorest part of town and started the church. They say the worst time to start a church is in summer and we started in June. We have no structure. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> no organization. They tell you all these steps to follow up on first time guests and we never follow up on them. They tell you all these outreach and all these things you ought to do and all these advertising you do, and we do none of it. And so really, we do the exact opposite of everything the experts say you should do. Yeah, here we are about six and a half, seven years into it and still going strong. Every week, new people are coming in. 
Every month, people are getting fed in our food pantry, and people are getting clothed to the clothing closet. We're fixing to enter into the, the winter months, and we're the only warming shelter, homeless shelter in the community. And, you know, at Thanksgiving, 500 families are going to get a Thanksgiving meal because of the generosity and how God uses this group of people. So at the end of the day, something is working here, and it has to be that it's bathed in prayer. This church would not exist without prayer. And not only do we believe in the power of prayer, not only do we believe this church exists because of prayer, I don't believe the average Christian fully grasps prayer because if they did, we take prayer a whole lot more serious. If we as individuals truly believe that God hears our prayers and God answers our prayers, prayer would not be the last resort so many times in our life. Monday night prayer service would be the highest attended service of the week and not Sunday morning. We talk about prayer, but we don't necessarily believe in prayer. This Bible shows the great power that comes from prayer. And we love to talk about prayer. We love to preach about prayer. And we love to tell people we're praying for them in our cliche kind of way. But the reality is our actions do not back up our talk. The goal of this series has been to change the way we go about praying. We want to move past weak prayers and start chasing dangerous prayers. And we've talked about Honey the Circle Maker. And if you missed that, you can go to actionchurch.tv and you can download the podcast for free. We've talked about uh, the children of Israel as they marched around Jericho and the walls fell down and drawing circles around your prayers. And, and we've talked about audacious prayers. And we've talked about sun stand still prayers. And you're saying, I don't understand what you're saying. Go back. You can listen to the series online. And we've talked a lot about personal prayer. But I want to wrap up the series today talking about corporate prayer. Talking about the power that comes when God's children gather together and they pray together. I'm convinced the hidden secret of church growth, again, it's not all the books and it's not all the conferences. I'm convinced it's a group of people who grasp the power of prayer. I saw a list recently of the fastest growing churches in America. (laughs) And the fastest growing church of all time isn't found on some list in Outreach Magazine. It's found in the book of Acts. Think about it. In, in Acts, the Bible talks about the formation of the local church. And the local church started with about 120 people. And in one day, it grew to over 3,000 people. In a few months, it grew from 120 people to over 120,000 people. And as you begin to dissect the book of Acts and you begin to look at the early church, you'll see a lot of central themes about the church. But one thing over and over and over again is you'll see that the early church understood how powerful prayer is. They were a praying group of people. It's funny, in our day and time we get so caught up in our religious background, are you a Baptist, are you a Methodist, are you a Lutheran, are you a Charismatic, are you this, are you that? And we have all these stupid things that we love to debate about 
that we'll never find the answer out till we get to heaven. And we allow all these things to divide us. But as you read the book of Acts, you'll see the one thing that, unite, that should unite us is prayer. Because here's the reality of the situation. God's moving all over the world. God's not limited to the Southern Baptist Convention. God's not limited to the United Methodist Church. God's not, God's not limited to the Church of God. I believe God is looking for a group of people, regardless of their religious affiliation, who say, you know what, we just believe in the power of prayer. And the early church understood this importance and the importance of doing it together. If we're ever going to be the church that God desires for us to be, it's going to take us taking praying together seriously. I don't know about you. I don't know why you attend here. I don't know why you feel like this is the church for you. But let me tell you something. We didn't start this church because we had nothing better to do. We didn't start Action Church. I recently put on Facebook and I said, uh, I said it was a little meme and it said, what are phrases your pastor uses all the time? And You guys had a lot of phrases I use all the time. And one of the phrases was the next one I'm about to use. So I guess it is true that I use it all the time. We didn't start Action Church because Canton needed another church. Good God. The last thing this city needed was another church. If by church you mean a place where the people who call themselves Christians gather on Sunday... And they arrive at 11 o'clock sharp and leave at 12 o'clock dull. And they fulfill their civic duty. Canton didn't need another church. But Canton needed a place where a group of people believed they could gather together. And no matter what their background, no matter what their past mistakes, no matter the color of their skin, their sexual preference, their social standing, whether they believe there's a God or not a God, they could come together and worship together. It needed a place that was willing to do whatever it takes to create an environment where those who don't feel accepted in a mainstream church, maybe because they feel like they can't dress a certain way or act a certain way or believe a certain way, they could come in. And again, I said every time in my greeting, they would know that we love them and that God loves them and they can hate our guts, but there's nothing they can do about us loving them. It needed a place where if it took people six months to realize there's a God who loves them, they can come for six months. If it takes them a year, it needed a place where those who are deep in their faith could come, but those who don't even believe there's a God can come. It needed a place that was willing to do whatever it takes short of sin to reach those. And to reach those that no one else is reaching, you got to do what no one else is doing. And that sounds good, and that's good preaching, and we love to amen, and we love to shout. But at the end of the day, that's a dangerous mission. Because when you go after those that no one else is going after, you can rest assured that you're opening the door to spiritual warfare. You can rest assured that you're opening up your families and your children and the people who attend here to be under spiritual attack. And if you're going to do what no one else is doing and reach what no one else is reaching, you better understand the power of prayer. 
Because there's times that the only thing that can stop, the only thing that can save us, the only thing that can keep us going, the only thing that can protect us is us calling out to God to keep us focused and have a hedge of protection around us. And the early church understood this. We want to see our city transformed for the cause of Christ. We're not looking to be the most religious group around. We're not looking to be the prettiest group around, which is good. We're not looking to be the group that has it all together. But we're looking to be the group of island of misfit toys that gather together and believe that God loves people right where they're at and that God can save anybody. We want to be the church where marriages are restored and addicts are cleaned up and teenagers are serving Jesus and homelessness is being eliminated and hunger has gone. And listen, bitterness is gone and unforgiveness is gone and a church that's restoring people in their walks with Christ. We want to be the church that's doing whatever it takes to make Jesus famous in our community and not famous in some kooky way. Why are so many Christ followers just kooky? I don't get it. Like why do they, we got to be so weird? And freak people out. Like, why can't we just be normal and real and be like, man, we dig Jesus? My Facebook profile, I mean, you get to write a little bio in there, and I wrote it a while ago and forgot I wrote it, to be honest with you. And it says something about being a Christ, or it says something about husband to my wife and dad to my kids. And I said, I, I love Jesus, but I cuss a lot. And um, I forgot it was on there. And I got this direct message with this person just railing on me. I was like, what are they talking about? Because I do cuss a lot. And I was like, well, I get that, but where did I write that I cuss a lot? And I remember that I did that. I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, it just is what it is. I don't want to lie to you. I ain't proud of it. You know, it's my wife's fault. (laughs) I'm here to tell you, the outside world's looking for a group of people who aren't fake, who are real. But we better understand the power of prayer. If we want to see God move like he moved in the book of Acts in the early church, we've got to do what the book of Acts did, and they believed in the power of prayer. The Bible says this, and the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walked from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs in the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Seems like a really complicated way to say they prayed all the time. Let's name all the dudes and then throw in the fact that the women are there. And women folk were there too. Throw in the fact that Mary was there and Jesus' brothers were there. Essentially, here's who was there. The beginnings of the early church. And as they gathered together and they were waiting for a move of God, they weren't discussing a marketing plan. They weren't discussing how to make the best children's area around. They weren't discussing all the things that the church has turned into. They weren't discussing how loud the music was going to be and the newest lights and all the things. They were gathered together constantly praying. They knew that God was about to call them to something unique and something great. And at this time, they didn't even know what it was, but they knew we better be 
gather together in prayer. I think the biggest mistake so many of us make is we wait till God tells us what to do before we start praying. We ought to be bathing it in prayer the whole time. I think the biggest mistake we make is we get healthy. We get healthy in our marriages and we stop praying about our marriage. Our children are doing good, so we stop praying for our children and we just get in this routine and it always waits till tragedy starts or crisis starts before we're gathered together in prayer. And the Bible says they were constantly gathered together. They understood the power of it. And as you read this, you'll notice some things that happened in the early church in regards to corporate prayer. And the first thing is this, they prayed together. Nothing earth-shattering there. We're talking about praying together. But if you're going to pray together, guess what you got to do? You got to pray together. They all joined together constantly in prayer. I'm sure they prayed individually. I'm sure they prayed in small groups. I'm sure they went throughout their day calling out to God, but they understood the importance of the saints of God gathering together and that there was power where two or more gathered. The Bible says he's in the midst of them, and they understood the power of joining together for a common cause and praying over something. As you go throughout the book of Acts, you'll see the early church. They were always coming together. I was going to put all these verses up on the screen, but it's too many. So let me run them down for you real quick. I mean, think about it over and over. The book of Acts is talking about the early church. And over and over, it's talking about prayer. In Acts chapter 1, verse 13, the first recorded action of the early church. We just read the first recorded action of the church as they were praying. And, 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 and Acts 1, we'll see they go to replace Judas. Judas had betrayed Jesus. He's dead. It's time to replace him. And guess what they did? They joined together and they prayed. Acts 2, the Bible says they were gathered together to pray. Acts 2, 42, it says one of the four activities of the early church, they did four things, and one of those was corporate prayer. In Acts chapter 4, they were praying for Peter, and they were praying for John to be released from prison. In Acts Four, in Acts 6, excuse me, they're placing the first leaders in the church. And guess what they did? They placed the first leaders. Guess what they, they prayed. They didn't say, well, this is the right guy, and this is the right guy, and that's the right lady, and this is the right person. Well, they looked apart, and they acted apart, and they, they got together, and they prayed. Peter's arrested in Acts chapter 12. They pray. They send Paul and Barnabas out to start churches. They pray. Acts 16, Paul and his team went to a place that was supposed to be used for the Sabbath, and they gathered together and they prayed. <laughs> in Acts 16, 16, you see them going, the Bible says, to a place of prayer. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they're in jail again. Man, a lot of early Christians in jail. They do really good at action church. They're praying. In Acts chapter 20, Paul gets the, the elders of the church together, and they pray. Over and over and over and over and over through the Word of God, you'll see people gathering to pray. But so many of us, we don't pray, period. And so many of us who do pray are like, oh, that's between me and God. And that's awesome. I, I believe in individual prayer. I've talked about it for three weeks. But there's something powerful about gathering together and praying together. <laughs> We wonder why our churches are dying. Did you know the church in North America is dying? Did you know the average church in America averages 63 people in attendance? So we don't think about that because we see all the mega churches that are popping up everywhere. But we don't see the hundreds and hundreds of churches. They got four cars in the parking lot, three cars in the parking lot. That at one time 
used to run hundreds of people and impact communities. And now literally if bad flu season came through, they'd wipe out and shut the doors. We've moved away from prayer. Instead of praying for God to help us reach our community, we're holding on to our traditions that we've always done. Everything's changing around us, but the church is sitting there, stuck in the old way, stuck in the, the, the old, let me raise that, the old methods. We wonder why we're dying. We don't understand the power of prayer. <laughs> I am convinced that one of the greatest decisions we ever did was start a prayer meeting here. I don't talk about it a lot, and I, 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 I refuse to be hypocritical. I very rarely go to it. It just, I, I, I can give you a thousand reasons why I don't go to it. There's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that goes on in your life, and I get that. But here's what I know. Every Monday night at 7 o'clock here, about 8 or 10 people gather right over here in the corner of the building, and they pray for this church. And they pray for the pastor. And they pray for the pastor's wife. And they pray for the kids' area. They pray for the worship team. And they pray for the food pantry. And they pray for the outreach. And they pray for the giving here. And they pray for everything that happens. And this church has been through some crazy. Again, you don't go after crazy people and not get crazy. I, I love the verse in the Bible, and it says, where there are no ox, the stable stays clean. You don't bring any oxen into the stable, it stays clean. It never gets dirty, it never gets messed up, because ox are messy, they're nasty. They said, but boy, the work comes from the ox. It might create a mess, but it, but it, but it gets out, it plows the field, it gets out, it does. Listen, listen, the people we reach might get messy, Someone after they say, that, that child just runs through the church and acts like he's crazy. And I said, well, his parents are crazy, so he probably is crazy. <laughs> and they looked at me. I said, I said, I love his parents, but they're nuts. And I said, so I'm sure the kid's never been disciplined. He's never had any structure. And I'm not even sure the kid gets a solid three meals a day. I just, this is the house of God. I don't want him tearing up. I said, what, what, what's he tearing up? Well, he ran to that wall and knocked the paint off. I said, we got 150 more gallons of gray paint in the back. <laughs> we'll touch it up. I love it. I, 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 I love that you, someone, <laughs> they said, the church smells like cigarette smoke. <laughs> Good. Someone told me, I sat next to this person and they smelled so bad. I'm like, well, yeah, they were sleeping in the woods. How'd you expect them to smell? The day it starts smelling like roses and violet, and the day everything's clean around here, I'll start worrying. I, I, I like the fact that we reach those that mess it up. I, it, it drives me crazy coming in sometimes on Sunday and seeing that the kids' area's got chairs out and stuff. But, but you know, as much as it drives me crazy, you know what I love about those chairs being out? I know there was 50 or 60 alcoholics over there on Saturday night, and they were meeting, and they were encouraging each other, and they were lifting each other up, and they weren't out drinking that night. So if i got to move a couple of chairs, it'll be okay. Get over it. We want the ox in the stable, and it gets dirty and nasty. Now, let's not take that too crazy. Some of you are too nasty. i, I got to be honest. I, I've been helping Christine clean the church, and what you guys can do to a bathroom is disgusting. 
So let's not get too nasty, okay? But listen, you got to gather together and pray. This church is on the front lines. I tell people all the time, every church has a different mission. For whatever reason, we're the hands and we're the feet. We live out our name. We are Action Church, and that sounds great, and it's fun to be Action Church, but here's the deal. If we're going to be Action Church, then it's going to take people gathering together and praying. I remember when we started prayer meeting, all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. I mean, right after we started prayer meeting, we lost probably 30 to 35% of our church. You say, that sounds horrible. No, it sounds great. Because God was pruning. Anybody that's grown plants or does a garden knows you've got to prune back sometimes to grow healthy. And that prayer meeting was the pruning that we needed to continue to grow and continue to be healthy. Listen, I love Sunday mornings at this church, and I love preaching, and I love worship, and I love what happens over there, and I love hanging out with all you in the lobby. But what makes this church happen is that small gathering of people that get together every Monday night, and they pray over your marriages and over your finances and over your children. They're the ones, when this church comes under attack, who are literally on the front lines of the church that's on the front lines. Praying together. Man. I don't even know what that was. Like a clown. There you go. We can't even say man right here. You got to have a clown horn go off. Monday nights they walk around this room and they pray. They go to that prayer wall and they pray over the requests that you've put up there. They get prayed over. I tell you all the time people come up to me on Sunday and I probably should do a better job of sharing this with the prayer group. And like I wrote this on the wall and I know they prayed over it and this happened and this happened and this got answered. That's the power of praying together. Jim Cimbale pastors the Brooklyn Tabernacle and he said this in a quote. He said, you can tell how popular the church is by who shows up on Sunday morning. He said, you can tell how popular Jesus is by who shows up to the prayer meeting. <laughs> and sadly, the lack of people coming to prayer meetings is not a new thing in the church. If you look back throughout history, you'll see the church coming together in prayer and it being the least attended gathering. Charles Finney said this, every minister should know that if the prayer meeting is neglected, all his laborers are in vain. Charles Spurgeon said, we shall never see much change for the better in our churches in general. So the prayer meeting occupies a higher place in the esteem of Christians. There's power in praying together. But not only did they pray together, they prayed obediently. They prayed obediently. As the early church gathered in the upper room, they did it out of obedience. A couple of verses before what I read to you, it says this, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for my, the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. They were fearful Jesus has been crucified. They're fearful for their life, and they're ready to scatter. And God comes and says, don't leave. Gather to gather. They didn't know why they were gathering together. They didn't know that God was fixing to form the local church, but they gathered together, and they prayed out of obedience. Instead of going about their lives... Hey, Scott. Abby had to take mom's car because her tags expired. <laughs> Walk of shame. 
I want you to walk back with your head held low. Like, I feel like this church is my curse. Who else has to deal with this stuff? God, I love y'all. They prayed obediently. Instead of going about their lives, they gathered together because God told them to gather together. Here, here, here's the deal with corporate prayer. It's a matter of obedience. Can I tell you why I don't go to prayer meeting so many times on Monday night? Because I'm just disobedient. God, how's that? That sucks to say as the pastor. But, but I come up with all kinds of excuses. It's Monday and I'm tired. I got four kids, my wife, she travels, I got this, now we got a toddler in the house, man, we just got done with dinner, man, I, I, I justify and I justify and I justify and I justify, and it really boils down to I'm just not obedient to what God's told me to do, and he's told us to gather together in prayer. We don't do prayer meeting because we feel like doing it. I'm sure Robin, who leads up prayer meeting, can think of a thousand things she'd rather do on Monday night. But she gathers together. I watch her every week on the Facebook. Hey, prayer meeting tonight. We're gathering together. And I'm like, I know. Man, she's got a daughter that lives with her and a grandkid, and she works a full-time job. And I'm like, I know she wants to take the night off. But obedience, obedience, obedience. Can I tell you what's even worse about like my lack of obedience? I, I, I think it's just be little geary day. That way it makes you feel better about your time. I'm convicted about this. You know the last time I thought about going to prayer meeting? They posted on Facebook that Patty Hunt was making homemade pizza and bringing it to prayer meeting. And I was like, man, I might go to prayer meeting tonight. And even then I didn't make it. How sorry is that? If you're a first-time guest today, I get it if you just say, I'm never coming back to this church. I get it. You need a better, more godly pastor. I'm just telling you, man, we got to get obedient. I'm saying this publicly. Where I, I, you can keep me accountable. I will be at prayer meeting Monday night. Prayer meeting is a discipline. Whether 100 people show up or two people show up, they do it every single week. Because <laughs> they understand the importance of prayer. So not only did they pray obediently, they prayed constantly. They all joined together constantly in prayer. That word constantly means to be persistent. It, it means to be diligent. It means to continue doing something. I, I love this. This is powerful to me because this is the same group of people that just 45 days earlier were with Jesus in the garden when he asked them to pray for them and they were all falling asleep. They didn't always have it together either. But God moved in their life, and they began to see the awakening, and they began to see the power in prayer. Someone asked her, they said, how long should I pray for a certain issue? I said, how important is the issue to you? You pray constantly till you get the answer. The answer might not be the answer you want, but you pray till you get the peace that you get the answer. I've been praying for over a year now. For God to do something great here. And I feel like in the last couple of months, it's starting to move. And guess what? Had it not started to move, I'd have kept on praying. I've been praying for my family for months, waiting for something to move. 
and things are starting to move. Here, here's the deal. In both those areas, the devil has come out like crazy. He sucks. It was either to be called Satan Sucks or Satan's a Bastard. I couldn't think of which one to call it, the next series. I thought that would offend people if I called him a bastard, so I didn't want to say that from the stage. So I didn't. So, you know. I prayed for the vision of this church over and over, and God's given it to us. I've tried to move the vision of this church to be like, God, can we reach some, some, just some regular people, Lord, that, you know, that, like, reg, like, not normal people, there ain't no such thing, normal, but you know the regular Christians who fake everything and don't let, let everybody know that their lives are falling apart? You know, can we just have a couple of those? And he's like, no, I'm just going to send you more crazy people that don't know they're supposed to lie to you. You pray constantly and God answers. I prayed over the marriages of this church and I've prayed over the kids of this church. I've prayed over those that are struggling with hurts, habits, and hang-ups in this church. And you've got to be constant in prayer because it's so easy to give up. And you know, last of all, they prayed in unity. There's something powerful when we gather together, unified for the same cause. They all join together, the Bible says, constantly in prayer, along with the wind. Women, Mother of Jesus and his brothers. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. There was power in their prayers because they were unified in their prayers. No one was pushing their selfish ambition no one was pushing their preferences over the vision. They were unified, wanting to see a move of God. We should come together every Monday night. It ought to be a celebration. We celebrate what God's doing. It ought to be a time we come together and we connect over the needs of this church and the needs of the people in that meeting. And it ought to be a time every Monday we pray that we pray that God changes our city with the gospel. When we pray, we pray together in unity and amazing things happen. Listen, the power of prayer is amazing. And I've let you down in that area and I'll be the first to admit it. Thank God. On one hand, I've let you down and I, and I feel bad about it and I need to do a better job of leading by example. On the other hand, to me, it shows the power of this church that the pastor don't have to do everything, that people are willing to step up and lead something week after week after week because they have a passion for it. But tomorrow night, I'll be here. And the next week, I'll be here. And then about four weeks in, something will happen, and I won't be here. And guess what will happen that night? They'll still be here praying. I would encourage you. Over the next month, try to make it to one prayer meeting on Monday night. Maybe we can even talk Patty into making pizza again. <laughs> Who knows? Because prayer and pizza, two peas, that goes together. One time in the next month, I encourage you to make it here at 7 o'clock on a Monday I, I believe if we were to do that for the month of November, as we're going into the end of the year, we'd be blown away with what starts happening around here in December. 
Every great movement of God starts with a bended knee. I wanted to get up today, and everybody's like, it's been such a great series, and you've had all these great... Sometimes you, you got to get away from the flash, and away from the jokes, and away from the hooping and hollering, and just lay it out. And you know why I couldn't get up here and hoop and holler and do all this stuff today? Because I'd be such a freaking hypocrite, because I ain't led in that area. And yet God's still moving. Imagine if all of us got on board. On the times we can, I get life happens. And we just gather together in prayer. What we're seeing now is just the tip of the iceberg about what God wants to do. 